0: game. Hi, I'm Kelsa Dickey, the CEO of the Financial Coach Academy and my financial coaching business, Fiscal Fitness Phoenix. My coaching journey began more than a decade ago with me helping people for free from my dining room table. What was once a little business of mine has grown into a seven-figure company that employs a team of people. My goal is simple, to help you fall more and more in love with financial coaching. I believe financial coaching is the most rewarding way to make a living. If you are an aspiring financial coach or have been coaching for years, I'm here to help you create a business you love that gets your clients massive results. Let's get to it. Hey, Financial Coach. Welcome to Episode 14 of the Financial Coach Academy podcast. We are going to cover your success path as a financial coach in this episode. I am so excited. Most of us follow a very similar success path. And in the following two episodes, after I summarize and outline the success path in this episode, I'm actually going to expand on each of these stages in Episodes 15 and 16. My goal is to help you identify where you are on this path and then what you need to focus on based on where you're at. Because what you should be focusing on in business is different depending on the stage of business that you're in. And I know for me, like if I knew this path earlier on in business, I feel like one, it would have been easier to navigate, would have been easier mentally, emotionally. I definitely wouldn't have experienced quite as much self-doubt. And also, I think it would have been much faster to navigate it as well. Like I would have progressed through the stages that much faster, which is why I want to describe these to you and take a few episodes to really dive into all of them. But first, before I dive into that, I want to let you know we are hosting a financial coaching happy hour in Denver, Colorado. It's coming up soon and I want to make sure you know about it because you are invited. It is totally free, super laid back, and just a way for us to get together as peers and as a community community to get to know one another. The happy hour is on Saturday, April 29th from 630 to 830 p.m. at the Art Hotel in Denver. Jill Emanuel, my lead coach, and I are hosting a VIP day that whole day. Um, As of today, recording this in January, we have one spot available for the VIP day. But my guess, this episode, you're probably listening to it in mid-February. It's probably already sold out, but you can still join us at the happy hour that evening. We do ask that you register so that we know how many people to anticipate. Uh, Really and truly, I also just wanted to be honest and share with you another reason why I'm going to ask you to register for the happy hour. Just let us know you're planning to come if you are. Um, And that is because, truthfully, I get a bit of social anxiety before big group functions. Conferences, networking meetings... Um, even spaces like this, where I know I'm gonna be surrounded by my people, people that I love, other financial coaches, I am one of you, um, I still even then get a bit anxious and it simply helps me to know how many people to expect or how many people will be there uh, to sort of calm some of the anxiety I experienced before the event. Uh, once I'm there and I'm talking with you guys, I will love it and I won't have any nervousness at all, but certainly leading up to big functions, I do experience a little bit of social anxiety. So there you go. Help me out, please. And listen, if you are in Denver or visiting that weekend and want to come, but you don't have anybody to come with you, if you don't have a plus one, come anyway. It's going to be really fun, very laid back, very friendly. You will have people to talk to. Please do not think that you need a a plus one. Come as you are. I promise it's going to be a blast. So if you have been listening to this podcast for a little while, or perhaps you've binged a bunch of my uh, videos on YouTube, perhaps you've joined me at one of our events, or you follow me on Instagram, any number of things, it's likely that you see me as a confident financial coach. I feel like I could talk about this all day. I feel confident in my ability to help people, and I, I know that I am someone now who truly loves financial coaching, even more today than when I started. I have a seven-figure financial coaching business. I employ a team of financial coaches. I wrote the book on financial coaching. It's called The Financial Coaching Playbook, if you didn't know that. Um, I have figured out how to run a business, how to package and sell financial coaching, how to deliver amazing results for our clients, and also how to deliver just a really positive, and enjoyable coaching experience for our clients. I have mentored over 500 financial coaches. I've helped over 1,000 financial coaching clients to achieve really great results. And some of these results I'm just really proud of, so I'm gonna share them with you really quickly. Uh, In the past year, the net worth of our clients on average increased in just one year by $187,590. The total debt paid off, or excuse me, the average debt paid off across our clients in one year was $38,000. Our clients have left like lucrative jobs and careers to start their own businesses, but do so with a ton of success. Uh, We've helped clients navigate stressful situations with ease. I have discovered what it means to truly be a coach and not just a financial educator, I have created over 100 coaching concepts around money, ones that did not exist when I first started. My skills as a coach have grown. So not just as an entrepreneur, not just like running a business, but like my skills as an actual coach have grown since I first started. I ask better questions now. I'm more open-minded and creative with clients. I'm better at getting to the heart of what's going on. I can tell almost intuitively now when a client needs to tackle a decision from a really logical analytical perspective and when what they really need sometimes is to figure out more of the emotional commitment or the emotional journey ahead of them with that decision. And that is not something that I was naturally good at when I first started. I am much better at reading the client's energy during coaching sessions and being present during those conversations even when they're tough and challenging and a little bit uncomfortable. I'm better at picking up nonverbal communications. I'm much more patient now as a coach. I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to get the client results as quickly as possible, but that was really because I was wanting to... You know, prove my value of coaching to them. And I really felt like that's how I would do it. But now I trust the process of coaching. And if a client is taking longer to get results than maybe another client, I don't think that reflects on me. I think it's simply the pace that feels best to the client and I hold space for that now where really early on I didn't know how to do that. In all of these things, the only reason I'm telling you this is because this is night and day difference from who I was 15 years ago when I started. I did not have some magic sparkle 15 years ago when I first started doing this. If you think that's what you need, I promise that is not true. I had no idea how to answer the question, what do you do? When somebody would ask me that question when I first started, I felt so awkward and like a total imposter calling myself a financial coach. I had no idea how to Invite someone to work with me or to get help. I would stumble over my words most of the time. I would also let clients walk all over me. I had no boundaries or policies in place. I gave clients my cell phone number and would respond any day or night. Or I would have policies in place, but I didn't actually honor them for myself. I would say the wrong thing a lot during coaching sessions, during networking meetings, You name it. I also talked way too much during coaching sessions and I didn't ask nearly enough questions and I wasn't a great listener 15 years ago. I also did a lot of the thinking and the doing for clients in between sessions. So I would do a whole lot of work and then during the coaching session, I would like present to the client all of this work. But that's not coaching. That's consulting. I used to think that everyone would or should manage their money the same way. I used to dive right into looking at someone's income and expenses. I was overly analytical and I didn't know, or I think I just also felt awkward trying to talk about how the client was feeling or what they were thinking about money. I didn't know the right questions to ask. I didn't know how to create a space where they felt comfortable sharing those things. I didn't have any idea how to structure my day to be productive. I remember being like, how do I set hours? Like, how do I do this? You know, I also spent a lot of time on busy work, like creating a website when I didn't need one. Uh, I can remember being awake at like two in the morning sitting on my couch and Googling, like what's the HTML code for like changing the size of an image on your website. (laughs) Right. This was before drop and day drop and drag website templates were a thing. Um, I definitely wasn't focused really early on on the things that would actually move the needle because I felt so uncomfortable doing those things. I was afraid of failing, afraid of the unknown. I had imposter syndrome and I even had a fear of success. And just a quick side note, I Not only did I have a fear of success, I was so new to coaching, I did not even fully grasp what a fear of success was. I didn't know what it looked like. I did not know that I had a fear of success. And so here, in case this is you, here's how you know if you are experiencing a fear of success. If you are thinking about things like, how many clients will be too many? What if I run out of time in my day and I can't handle it all? Or how do I pay myself out of the business? Or how do I create an opt-in for my website? If you are worrying about any of these things, if you're worrying about the opt-in for the website that you don't yet have, so you don't have a website yet, but you're worried about the opt-in for the website, that's a fear of success. If you're worried about like how am I going to pay myself out of the business when you don't have a paying client yet, that's also a fear of success. So in other words, if you are thinking about what you're going to do 10 steps from now, when you haven't taken step one, you might have a fear of success. And listen, this can smack you in the face during any stage of business, but I especially felt it really early on. You know what I used to say when I had my fear of success was like, you know, going strong? I used to say I was planning. I'm planning out the next steps. I'm preparing for the future. I'm thinking ahead. I'm planning ahead. I was getting ready to take action. If you are getting ready to take action all the time, it might be a fear of success. What I was doing is I was worrying instead of trusting that whatever happens, I can and will handle it. I just let myself worry about it instead. Instead of thinking about the impact of the next step that I was going to take, I was thinking about how I'm not ready for what's to come down the road. And because of that, that's why I wasn't able to take action today on the first step, right? So here's the thing that I want you to know about a fear of success. The things we face now are preparing us for what's to come, including the success that is to come. We can only make decisions from who we are today, who we are right now. Those decisions Teach us things. We gain new awareness. We gain experience, right? All of those things mean that we can be more informed. We're going to be smarter. We're going to be more insightful for the next step when the next step actually comes, right? Planning it all out now isn't possible because you're not that person yet. And you don't know all that you need to know yet for that next step, right? It's this fear of success that sends you into information paralysis really early on in business, especially because everything starts to feel really overwhelming. If this is what's happening, what you can do, if that is what you're experiencing, is take small actions and ask yourself, what do I know right now that i can take action on what is something i know right now and just start there and keep asking yourself that every single day okay so the point of all of that is to say i was a hot mess and i'm not anymore no i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, well kind of i was a bit of a hot mess Um, so the point of this is to say that the change from who i was when i first started to who i am today Did not happen overnight. There were steps in between, various stages I progressed through, and my journey is quite common. In other words, the skills and the confidence I have today, I didn't always have them. It's okay if you don't feel like you have them yet. They're not things you have or don't have. They're things you cultivate. I cultivated all of these skills and this confidence over time, and you likely have to cultivate them too, and I know you can do it. Today, I am going to outline the path and the various phases I experienced from mentoring over 500 coaches. I have figured out one thing. We all follow a very similar path, and we experience a lot of the same things. So I'm just going to summarize them in this episode and then the coming two episodes, like I was saying, I'm going to explore each one of these stages in more depth and by showing you the path, you'll be able to see it laid out in front of you. I hope you'll be able to determine where you are now along this journey, where you're going next and what it's going to take to progress from one stage to the next. We need different things at different phases, but first you have to identify where you are currently. So here is a quick summary of the five stages of becoming a profitable, successful financial coach. Phase one, I'm thinking about becoming a financial coach. You're just exploring what it might look like to be a financial coach at this stage. You're in the research phase and you're probably not sure how to start. Phase two is I'm ready to become a financial coach. You've made the decision that you desire to be a financial coach. That could be part-time, it could be full-time, it could be as a ministry. It doesn't really matter your business model or what your idea is just yet, but you know that you want to help people financially. You've researched a ton You probably feel overwhelmed with everything there is to know and do at this stage. So you're not even sure, like, what more do I need to know or what more do I need to read about or what more do I need to take in? And yet taking the first step at this stage oftentimes feels really scary. Phase two, I call it the scariest phase because you know you have to take action next. There is no more research to do at this phase. If you want to do this, you've got to just go do it. And that is scary in phase two. Phase three is I'm coaching, but not consistently. Like I was saying, phase two is the uh, scariest phase. Phase three is the hardest phase. In this phase, you have a few clients or maybe even a handful of them. You're making money as a financial coach in phase three. It may or may not feel like a lot of money, but there's something coming in and that's what matters at this stage. You're spending a ton of time between two main roles in stage three. Building the business And attracting clients. You feel like you're probably like hustling to get the next client. You're trying to figure out what will it take to get another client. You're, you know, dabbling with like social media marketing and, you know, referral relationships and having conversations and networking events. You probably don't feel confident at a lot of those things. And so it just feels really hard. You're not spending nearly as much time actually coaching clients as what you want to be. And as a result, at this stage, you can have a lot of self doubt. Um, Phase two, you've got a lot of imposter syndrome. You're kind of like, who am I to do this? And in phase three, you've got sort of the big brother to imposter syndrome, which which is feelings of fraud. You're like, well, now I'm putting it out there that I'm a financial coach and I have some clients, but I don't have nearly as many as I would like. And so I feel like maybe I'm a bit of a fraud, right? So that is stage three. Stage four is I'm coaching consistently, but I'm struggling in other ways. If you are in phases one, two or three, you want to get here. You have your sights set on phase four. Chances are your dream of just coaching consistently is everything. You imagine yourself just having a whole bunch of clients and feeling really good about that. So like whatever your number of right clients is, is what you're shooting for in this phase. So maybe you're telling yourself like, I just want 10 clients and that would be so amazing. Or maybe you're like, I just want 40 clients and that would be perfect. That would feel so good. That's like my full-time income. That would be perfect if I had like 40 clients, right? In this phase, you're coaching Really close to your perfect number of clients, whatever your number is, or you are actually coaching that number. So you're either really close to it or you actually have that many, but you're also wearing a lot of other hats. And so you feel pretty stressed out. Things don't feel easy at this phase. If anything, it's still somewhat hard, but for a very different reason than phase three. Last but certainly not least is phase five. I am coaching consistently and loving it. So stage four was I'm coaching consistently, but I'm struggling in other ways. And five is I'm coaching consistently and loving it. In phase five, you have a fully scalable financial coaching business to the point where you're able to help gobs of people, thousands of people maybe, to take control of their money by leveraging your time and expertise in profound ways. The point is that you are coaching clients you love in a format you enjoy. That can be any number of formats, group coaching. You can be doing speaking gigs, corporate wellness, and you can still just be doing private one-to-one coaching as well. There's nothing wrong with any of those, but you feel like you are coaching clients that you love and in a format that you enjoy. And at this stage, it's good. It's really good. And for me, this stage is all about focusing on both enjoying and appreciating what I've built and what I have today while also seeing what more I'm capable of with this business. Not because I have to, but because I want to. So those are the five phases. Let me go ahead and recap them one more time. Phase one, I'm thinking about becoming a financial coach. Phase two, I'm ready to become a financial coach. Phase three, I'm coaching, but not consistently. Phase four, I'm coaching consistently, but struggling in other ways. And then phase five, I'm coaching consistently and loving it. So... We're now at the end of the episode. I'm going to give you your reflection question. Here's something to ponder, something to simply consider for yourself. You can reflect on the question. You can journal out the answer. Either way, I hope you will share it with me as a way of deepening your awareness or helping you to gain clarity on what we talked about in this episode. So here is your question. Based on the brief summary I provided in this episode of the five stages What stage do you think you're in currently? What's your guess? You're probably right, but like I said in the next episode, I'm going to dive more deeply into the first three phases, and you can absolutely change your answer if you want to. I give you permission. I will absolutely allow that. I'm also going to share next episode the exact things that you want to focus on for each phase. Phase, And this is really important because even if you are in stage four or five, in next episode, I'm going to cover phases one, two, and three. I might mention something that you haven't considered and you can build a more solid foundation from which to continue building your business on. So you don't want to skip some of these things. It might be something that you want to reengage with. You don't have to, doesn't mean you're back on stage two if you want to be on stage four, but it might just be one little check mark you want to make when it comes to building your business on a more solid footing, right? Then in episode 16, I will explore f- phases four and five. And even if you're in one of the earlier stages, I hope you will still listen to that episode so that you can sort of see what's coming. You've got a vision then for what your possibilities are for you and your business. And even if you're not, I think it will be wonderful to see sort of what lies ahead of you, right? So, again, the reflection question is, based on the brief summary I provided in this episode of the five stages, what stage do you think you're in currently? I believe financial coaching is the best and most rewarding way to make a living. I truly love what I do. If you're ready to learn and see how to become a profitable, successful financial coach, check us out at financialcoachacademy.com to learn more about our online courses, free trainings, and events. As always, I love hearing from you too. If you have any questions for the podcast, please submit them at financialcoachacademy.com slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. It would mean the world to me. I'll see you next week when we tackle in episode 15, the key decisions and skills to develop on your way to six figures.